Walker is the name. Welcome to Young Profesh. So, some of you have entered the workforce or have are about to enter the workforce. This episode is the one for you. We're going to be talking about how you can thrive in an entry-level job. So, firstly, a key thing to talk about is our expectations of an entry-level job and the actual realities of an entry-level job. Uh, because often you'll find that this discord between uh, what you're expecting and the actual reality of a job uh, have the potential to have big implications on your mental psyche or your mental frame of mind would most likely influence uh, you forming the foundation or, or building the career that you're hoping going forward. So this podcast is going to do two things. We're going to talk about painting a picture of what an entry-level job looks like. And then secondly, I'm going to delve a little bit deeper, right? Because, you know, to the more juicy stuff, how can you practically thrive in an entry-level job? And I have about six things. I'm going to be talking about managing upwards. I'm going to be talking about your obligation to start imagining the future. I'm going to be talking about learning. I'm going to be talking about networking at work. I'm going to be talking about being team conscious. And lastly, about attitude and communication and why that's important. Okay, so what is an entry-level job? So I think this is best explained by use of an example, right? Let's just go back to way back when, when I started my very first year in university. My parents had dropped me off in a different country and it was up to me to like learn the different cultures, learn how to, which way to walk to class. Um, I was one of those, you had to ask for directions all the time. You know, it, it actually made me feel a little bit dumb, right? Because you don't know anything. You just need to ask and ask and ask. And often entry-level jobs are exactly that. Uh, you're probably doing amazing at uni in terms of like academic uh, work. But the true reality is that what you do at university and the actual practical job you do at, uh, at work are pretty far apart. For example, when I was in university, I used to write exams using pen and paper, like uh, every exam, um, uh, most exams were like that, with the exception of like a few computer-based exams. In the real world at work, you only use computers, you only use software programs, often particularly designed for your organization. Um, everything's computerized and uh, that's just the beginning of the many differences that you'll encounter practical work and organized learning through universities needs to come closer together but that's probably an episode for another day but anyway you won't know much so given this characterization of um, your lack of knowledge your lack of experience um, how can you possibly thrive in an entry-level job? You'll find that 
in your entry-level job, you'll have no control over who manages you or who supervises you. And uh, sometimes you're lucky, you have a great, great boss. Sometimes you're not lucky, you have a horrible boss. Luckily, this technique works whether your boss is amazing or is not. And is very critical to how you personally manage your performance management feedback. So the very first thing you need to do as you start uh, on a job is to meet with the person you're working under, get what you, the job allocation, this is what I'm going to be doing, understand what you're going to be doing, and most importantly, ask what are the expectations from your manager with regards to the work you're about to do. It is critical for what's expected from you be crystal clear from day one. Uh, this is important because you'll find later as you do performance feedback three months or six months down the line, uh, you might get feedback that you don't agree with um, and you probably think, but was I supposed to be doing that? That is probably a result of not setting the expectations uh, of the things that are required from you from the very beginning. So from the very beginning, establish what the expectation is, when you're supposed to be finished by certain tasks, um, how much time is expected, because you're new on the job, it's an entry-level job, so you don't actually know what's expected from you. If you're maybe a senior on a job as a manager, I'll expect you to know a little bit better to gauge your time, like this task will take me this amount of time. But at an entry-level job, you have no idea. Um, so establishing those expectations from the get-go get also blurs out the possibility of performance, uh, your performance appraisal being more of a likability like contest because that tends to happen, right? Uh, if you're likable or if you're not as likable as the other person, you tend to get a more positive rating or a less positive rating. I think that's just human nature. Humans in their in their very nature tend to have things like favorites or people that they like better. But if you had an expectations meeting, you can actually gauge your performance against a set metric because you have an established an actual quantifiable metric to which you'll be measuring your performance. And that becomes a powerful tool when you're uh, doing your performance appraisal with wherever you're working on. And lastly, just to remember that expectation management is iterative, meaning you're supposed to do it consistently, maybe like at the beginning of every week, because often what happens is that work is dynamic, pressure changes, the workload increases. So the expectations that were set at the beginning are also subject to change. So you can't use that as an excuse for, oh, these were the expectations you set for me. No, you're supposed to constantly check in and ensure that your expectations still align with uh, the t what the team needs from you. So the second tip is what I like to call the what have I learned technique. You'll find that uh, organizations have a vested interest in you progressing and becoming uh, a better worker. 
that goes without saying. They have invested in you by hiring you without any knowledge. Um, they've already taken a risk on you, so it's in their best interests to ensure that you progress. That being said, you're still at the bottom of the food chain. You're at the bottom of the corporate ladder. And as much as the, uh, uh, the organization wants you to learn, uh, all those mundane, boring tasks that top-level uh, managers and seniors and supervisors don't want to do are more, more likely going to be done by you. It's just a fact. Uh, it's just how it is. You will find that even though you do some interesting work, uh, you also have a lot of work that's super mundane, super repetitive. You feel like you're not making an impact. You're not involved at a strategic level. Uh, you just feel like a cog in the wheel and you do not see the bigger picture. So how do you combat this? Because uh, this also has an implication of on your mental uh, state of mind, which could affect your performance at your entry-level job. What I do is I have a, a little book that I go to work with that I write every day. At the end of the day, what have I learned? Uh, you don't need to write in a book, but I think the what I'm trying to encourage is the process of self-introspection. Um, in the process of this mundane task, have I learned anything? Have I managed to extract something that could be useful going forward in the future? I found that in the most mundane tasks that I've been involved in, I've always learned something, either how to be a better teammate, how to manage teams better, how to communicate better, um, how to manage upwards. All of these learnings actually happened while doing the most mundane and repetitive tasks. So I think it's very important to be very cognizant of uh, any potential learnings that you might have in something that you think is actually giving you no value. It probably is. And uh, that sort of mental shift could be extremely helpful for you going forward. The third thing is networking at work. I think it's extremely important uh, for you to realize that when it comes to corporate or any organization you're working in, uh, often career progression is ultimately uh, built on the back of relationships. And uh, even though you might be the hardest worker in the room, the fact of the matter is the person that uh, has the power to, to progress your career uh, is probably not seeing that hard work because they, they just don't know you as a person. You don't have that connection. Uh, he's more likely to see maybe his mentee that's work, working um, uh, like crazy hours and, and showing her worth than someone that they don't actually have a relationship with. It's just, it's just human nature. Um, um, so, so how do you combat that? How do you network effectively at your workplace? The first thing is you have to do something more than just your job. Uh, I know work can be extremely difficult. You're really pushing long hours, uh, but it is critical that you be involved in something other than work. Uh, in my personal experience, um, I applied to be part of a, a board that was representative of the 
the young young youthful population at our workforce um and the team that was selected ended up being a team of uh, of of individuals across the african continent um uh, high potential individuals and we used to meet every month uh would fly into one location and just brainstorm and try problem solve uh, uh critical issues affecting our organization it was truly a remarkable experience and uh that only happened because i did something more than work i think it's important to point out that it doesn't have to be uh brainstorming with a ceo like it doesn't have to be that uh complex you can even join a running group you can join uh a cycling club at your workplace and try build genuine human connections just ask someone how they're doing how's their kid how's their dog in the end relationships are built by human interaction and you you need to do something more than work you need to know beyond just your teammates at work secondly an underutilized tool is just asking someone out for coffee you can knock on the door of any individual um just ask them how they're doing and then ask them if they would like to grab a 10 minute coffee with you just to talk about something that interests them just getting to know them a little bit better um i think that is a s- extremely underutilized tool i used to work for an organized i i work sorry i work for an organization with a very flat uh structure so from the top level management to the entry level worker we all work in the same teams the entry level uh, employee can knock on the door of the the ceo like it's possible so that's the important thing you, you can and and it's, it's important for you to start networking before you need something right so the, the coffee will just simply be you asking about an individual what inspired them to choose the job they're doing uh like uh how they're handling that and the family you know uh so i'm a person of color in corporate and one of my most fruitful coffees uh i tend to be with other people of color that are in top management you know just asking how they have navigated the, those spaces how are they uh how have they how have they gotten to where they are you know it, it is also human nature to just uh be able to bond with an individual that you so you you sure you share certain uh, similarities with that's probably why representation is a big deal in corporate these days because uh there's just certain things that uh due to cultural differences and you just don't have a lot of similarities with someone so going out for coffee isn't something <laughs> that you uh can easily do so representation is important and i hope a lot of companies are doing better to try and fix that and lastly attend social functions guys like whether you drink or you don't drink uh just attending a function you don't want to be that guy that people ask you whether you work for the organization or not because they've never seen you before because if you're just coming to work and working with your team the only people who know you at work are your teammates so everybody else doesn't know you 
Um, so if you can attend a work uh, after work drinks, attend Friday drinks, so that at least your face is familiar to the people that are part of your organization. I think that is super critical. Uh, it is it it will help you on the on your coffee run, your coffee quest. You can't just knock on a door. Uh, on an individual you haven't even just said hi to you know and what better place to say hi to a higher um, uh, ranking individual than at a random friday drinks because everyone's just there mingling so you, you can you can totally do that the fourth tip is you need to start imagining your future so often with entry-level jobs it's a very generalist position you aren't a specialist, you dabble in pretty much everything and anything. Um, but that allows you to identify things that you are more interested in than others. Um, I think this identification of interests, you shouldn't all, only limit it to work as well. Uh, read widely, um, like uh, network widely, you know, identify the things that st stimulate you, that excite you, because those are the type of things that you'll really want to build a career on. So start imagining what your future is going to look like. In my personal experience, um, I was very interested in the development of Africa and ensuring that I make an impact in Africa. Uh, and I was I, I thought the space I could do that in, you know, after reading uh, posts from, from the African Development Bank and the World Bank, um, that apparently infrastructure was a big focus uh, in Africa and things like energy infrastructure, provision of, of electricity was such a big deal. And I was like, this is very interesting and I would love to be involved in something like this in the future. Uh, I remember it was probably like in my first year, um, uh, in my in my first first year in corporate, and I was like, how how exactly could I possibly get into that? Uh, and then I discovered a master's degree program uh, in development finance that uh, spoke to that, and I was like, you know, sometime in the future I'll be able to pivot into this field of infrastructure finance, and this master's is gonna is gonna be the tool that I'll use. Uh, so I studied a master's that technically didn't have any direct correlation with what my entry-level job was, was about. And um, uh, I think only later now, I, I'm more qualified to be able to make that pivot into the space that I want to be in. And I think that's very important that you can't wait for the future to make decisions that impact the future. The decisions that impact your future once you arrive arrive there are the decisions you made two or three years ago. The same is true for careers. You need to identify what you're interested in and ask yourself, do you need to study further? You know, because studying further is a year or two years. Um, you can't make that decision uh, in the future. That decision has to be made now. Uh, so constantly trying to... Uh, Imagine what your future looks like. What is that future job going to look like? What do you need to study to get there? Who do you need to speak to? Who, which type of contacts do you need to start making? Um, 
whether it's within your current uh, organization and job, you might see a division that you're interested in. Start making contacts in those divisions. Uh, your future might be uh, climbing the ladder from your entry-level job straight to the top in that same division. So you also need to envis envision that and start asking yourself, what do you need to be doing in this job to reach that goal? And because we exist in such a multicultural uh, uh, space, I think it's very important for you to communicate a lot more clearly. It, it is unfortunate, but I think the best way to battle with issues like uh, people not understanding your attitude or thinking that you don't have a positive attitude when you in actual fact do and you're working your ass off every day, uh, every night. Um, as I told you, corporate is a lot about perceptions. And um, I think w when you communicate a bit more uh, consistently, uh, maybe even telling your manager how you feel, how the week is going and stuff and stuff like that, it could help um, uh, manage those perceptions a little bit better. And, last, and lastly, the final tip for succeeding in your entry-level job will have to be remembering to be team conscious. You remember in university when you we constantly moaned about group work and how your group is always letting you down? Well, get ready for the fact that you'll always be working in teams in corporate. Well, except for some jobs, obviously, but in most cases, you're part of a team. Uh, and a team consists of very complex, very different individual human beings uh, that are complex, that might misunderstand you, you might misunderstand them. Sometimes things aren't so rosy. Sometimes you're going to shout at each other for a little bit. Um, you just need to remember that you're part of a team and uh, this is not a solo sport anymore. Uh, another thing university doesn't do as well to prepare, to prepare you for because I remember just writing my exam by myself, my mark affecting me, only me. Then I get into corporate and all of a sudden even my performance is impacted by the team I'm part of. And that, that is a, gr a big adjustment. So be team conscious and that will only serve to do you well going forward. All right, so just a quick recap. I've, I've painted a picture of what an entry-level job looks like, talked about how to manage upwards, how to start imagining your future, how to look at learning differently, how to network at work, attitude and communication, and how to be team conscious. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, I just wanted, wanted to say with just recently launched a twitter page an instagram handle uh do follow us yp underscore africa young professional africa and uh look forward to engaging with you a lot more directly a lot more on topical issues um i know right now a lot of us are probably in lockdown due to this co uh, COVID 19 crisis um i'm in day 
five of isolation because I recently traveled abroad and it's driving me crazy because I'm alone. But uh, together, this too, this too shall pass. Uh, stay safe and goodbye. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed the content, please, please subscribe. This is Jonathan Bruanika signing out. Thank you.